0: Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at TheBatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show.
1: Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I'm and you're listening to the Batman Universe this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 256. I'm your host, Dustin, today I have with me... This is Steph. And this is Ian. And Ian is filling in for Ed, and Ian has been on the ComicCast in the past, as well as he reviews books over on the site as well. So we have a good chunk of stuff to cover because we have three weeks of news and comic book reviews to cover. We have two books, as usual, to cover, but uh, we do have solicitations and we have some listener comments, so we're going to get into all that stuff right away. So, first up, on August 14th, DC announced a new event that's coming this fall. Now, we didn't talk about this last month, but there's actually an event happening in October. It barely touches some of the titles that we cover. It's more of like a DC Universe, not so much a Batman Universe crossover, and that's why we didn't talk about it. There is a crossover that's happening in October, that is including Justice League, Justice League Dark, and Wonder Woman. And it is dealing with magical stuff like Justice League Dark because James Tynion is actually heading up that crossover. Now, it seems like these crossovers are going to be something we're going to be seeing a lot in the future because in November, there's another one that's coming, and this one deals with Aquaman. Uh, So this is actually going to deal with... There's going to be two one-shots called Just League Aquaman Drowned Earth and then Aquaman Just League Drowned Earth. Those are 48-page one-shots written by James Tiny with art by Howard Porter. The story centers around the Ocean Lords and ancient and powerful deities with an axe to grind against both Aquaman and Wonder Woman and a plan to flood the world. As the rest of the League races to stop the waters from rising, Arthur faces off against his nemesis, Black Manta, in a must-win battle if he is to retain his connection to the world's ocean. So this is going to be taking place in, like I said, those two one-shots, but it's also going to be taking place in Justice League number 11 as well and Aquaman number 42. So that's going to be happening in October. It's going to start in October. October 31st is the first one-shot for that event, and then it'll run for the four weeks I guess five weeks actually during the course of November as well. So for last week of October and then four weeks in November is when, when it'll be happening. I do not personally have any sway whether or not I I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be great. I haven't really been reading the Aquaman stuff, Uh, recently so I can't speak to whether or not it's needed but I will say that I do like the connectivity that we're continuing to see between the Justice League books and the members of the Justice League their individual titles so that's good to see Um, with October seeing Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark and, and Justice League interconnecting and then this in November we see Aquaman interconnecting with Justice League and just and so so I think it's it's great because that has been sorely lacking for quite some time. Also on August fourteenth, there was a new company crossover announced with DC Comics. This is the Panini characters. These characters are very popular in Brazil. I personally don't know anything about them, but Brazilian cartoonist Mauricio de Souza. I hope I'm, say, I'm sure I'm not saying it right, but I hope I am, or at least close. Is teaming with publisher Panini and DC Entertainment for a crossover event between De Sosa's characters, Monica, and the heroes and villains of DC, uh, as announced through a press release by Panini. Uh, these crossovers will actually take place in the December issues of the magazine Monica Celebalinha Sasco Magalia Chico Bento. And Terma da Monica, as you can tell, I don't speak a lot of Spanish or in this case, Portuguese, because that's the that's the common language in Brazil. But yes, I can't pronounce these things very well. But anyway, the point is you are a listener in Brazil. You are probably extremely familiar with these characters. Our own Jessica, who does Last Week in the Cave, she is from Brazil. She knows these characters. She actually told us that these characters are actually in some cases more no know, well known than the dc characters so it's it's just another i you know it's just another example of dc making sure that their properties are out there and being i guess shown to new audiences all over the place
0: more accessible like making it more global for the rest of the world
1: exactly All right, August 15th, DC gave more details for Batman Day. They also revealed a Batman 80th anniversary logo. Basically, they announced before, and we talked about this before, that there's going to be free copies of Batman White Knight number one and Batman Little Gotham. Those are going to be available through select retailers. You can find that out online ahead of time. Um, But they're also announcing that Batman Day is going to kick off the 80th anniversary of Batman, which typically doesn't. Happen until you know the actual calendar year that it's happening in, but this year they're they're deciding that it's going to happen sooner rather than later, so the Batman day this year is going to kick off the eightieth anniversary, which will actually occur in in twenty nineteen along with the detective comics number one thousand, which will come later on next spring. So the logo is over on the site. If you want to check it out, it's, it's very reminiscent of the original detective comics, number 27, but in a silhouette style with Batman gliding through in his original classic costume. So you can check that out over on the site. Uh, Also, just as a heads up, not related to the comics. Also Batman day, which happens to be September 15th, this year is going to also be the launch date for DC universe, the streaming service. If you want more details on that, Check out the site because there's all kinds of details regarding that service available now. So check that out. Also, on August 15th, DC announced a special that's going to be coming this winter, but it's actually going to be coming in November. So, as we have seen over the course of the last couple of years, holidays roll around and DC has been doing these collections of short stories. Um, featuring a wide variety of characters. The last one we saw was the DC Villains Summer Blanket Special that happened in July. They've had ones for Valentine's Day in the past. They've had ones for Christmas or the holidays. They've had ones for Halloween. This year, however, for the holidays, they're actually going to be doing one called a Nuclear Winter Special. And this is an 80-page one-shot written by... A number of writers, including Paul Dini, Steve Orlando, Phil Hester, Mark Russell, and a bunch of others. Art by Cully Hamner, Phil Hester, tons more. There's going to be generally is about 10 stories in each one of these books. So I'm guessing that you could probably guess there's going to be another 10. This specifically says that the stories will all take place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland and the world has never seemed any bleaker than right now. No word on which characters will appear in whose in which creator's stories, but you can bank on more details releasing as we get closer to November. This will actually hit stores on November 28th. Actually, I think that's two weeks earlier than the holiday special happened last year. Um, based off the cover art, I'm guessing there is going to be some holiday stories, even if they all aren't holiday themed, at least some of them will be. So Check out the cover art over on the site, and then look for that in stores November twenty eighth. All right, next up, August 20th, the solicitations were revealed for November twenty eighteen, and quite honestly, there's not a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, unique things that are coming out in November that we didn't already know about. Um, as we know, we already talked about the Aquaman Justice League around Earth. That's going to be in in the pages of Justice League in the two one shots. Um, Then over in Detective Comics, Batman will be teaming up with Two-Face, leading to the Dark Knight investigating the demise of his nemesis, while the Penguin makes trouble in the pages of Batman. The Detective Comics story is actually the last two issues of the James Robinson story that's filling in before Peter Tomasi comes on board in December. Batman Damned. Continues with the second of the three issues and has Etrigan, Deadman, and other members of the magical world of the DC Universe working both with and against Batman. On Kings of Fear, Scarecrow will have Batman in the palm of his hand as he continues to tear into the psyche of the Dark Knight. IDW has solicited the third issue of Batman the Max, while Archie Comics seems to be taking the month off for Archie meets Batman 66, as the fifth issue is not part of their solicitations for November. The cover to the latest issue of Doomsday Clock also promises Superman interacting with Dr. Manhattan, but then again, they are puppets, so it might not actually be happening in the issue. (laughs) On the artist side of things, Brett Booth is taking over art duties on Batman Beyond, where he'll draw the return of Joker to Neo-Gotham. McCall Janine returns to Batman after taking about four months off. Joel Jones returns to art duties on Catwoman after Fernando Blanco covered art in October. We already talked about the winter special in two is actually going to be coming to an official end. Now we thought we, this was the case in October because it did say final issue, but it turns out they will be releasing an annual that in, in November that will wrap up all of the events of the injustice universe. So that's happening. Uh, finally, as we know, there are always TBU characters and other titles. These titles include in November, Destro continues his story over in Arkham Asylum, which will bring Hugo Strange into the mix. Talia continues to appear in The Silencer. Honestly, I don't think there's been a month that's gone by where she hasn't appeared or been mentioned, quite honestly. And then Gentleman Ghost will appear in the new Suicide Squad Black File series. Uh, The full list of all of the books that are coming out in November, and there's a lot, but seemingly less than, than normal. I feel like there's... Like there's there's a lot of other DC books that have been coming out with the New Age of Heroes earlier this year. Other stuff that has slowly been announced. They've got the Shazam series that's coming out in November. It feels like some of the the holes that were filled in by Batman and Bat Family uh, miniseries have all been have all all those miniseries have ended, and the the hole in the publishing amount for DC has been filled by other characters, which is not a bad thing, but, Mm -hmm. and quite honestly, it's a good thing because it gives myself and members of the staff a, a break by not having to cover nearly as much as we normally would. But that being said, there's a lot of stuff that is still coming out. So if you want a list of everything, there is, there is a list over on the site of everything that we cover every single month. There's a list, but there's also a gallery of some of the unique covers that you can expect to see on store shelves in November as well. Anything from the solicitations that uh, prompts you your guys' interest?
0: Not particularly. I'm glad that they are backing off a bit on all the Batman stuff. That is nice to have a little bit of a break.
2: I mean, I'm definitely, as the uh, current Deathstroke reviewer and longtime Deathstroke fan, I'm definitely looking forward to that continuing to have a connection to Batman Universe with the Arkham arc. I know that starts next month, actually, October, but it'll continue in November. And I had a conversation on Twitter with the editor of Deathstroke and the holiday specials, Alex Antone, and he said that the holiday specials are quarterly, and I thought there were only three of them, so I missed the Valentine's one.
1: Was there a Valentine's one? I don't It know. was How like the Young Death Monsters kind
2: of... in Love one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. I, I, I'm vague. I like briefly read it.
1: But hey, I mean, honestly, in some ways, some of those holiday specials can actually be really good because it gives some creators whether it be artists or whether it be writers a chance to like get a story published and then get their their skills out there for you know people to see and get reactions to um i know in the past some of these specials i, I have always looked at the specials as okay this is just an easy reason for you to spend a little bit extra money in dc to make a little bit extra money or ten dollars it's, it's a little more yeah, than exactly. a little <laughs> yeah it's in in most cases like double the price of a normal book. It is not double in size of some of those books though either, and that's the thing. So I think I've been pleasantly surprised by some of those stories. The DC villains, the Summer Blanket one, that was a weird name to begin with. But Honestly, I mean, like you can't just keep coming up with the same name every single year. But there is actually some really good stories in in the Summer Blanket special that came out, and honestly, like. I did. I have no problem. admitting I didn't read the Young Monsters in Love because I completely even forgot that it came out. But there was. I know that there was a couple Christmas one or a couple holiday ones last holiday season that I enjoyed. Didn't like them all. But I don't think there's ever a situation where I think I like them all. I think there's always like there's always there's something for everybody. You know, somebody who likes you know horror stuff. Obviously, the stuff during the Halloween season is going to be geared more towards them but like there's always something in them and then there's also the, the the ability to like feature characters who don't really get to be featured looking at the nuclear winter cover it shows commandi and commandy is not a character that is appearing very often i mean he did appear he had a series last year that came out but nobody read yeah that nobody read yeah but the thing is like it gives the Characters who don't otherwise have a chance to have like their own series, or you know, are big enough characters on their own to have like a full one shot or a mini series, it gives them the ability to like be out there and have a moment, even if it is for eight pages long. So, well, I think it's a good thing. Well, that actually reminds me, Chris Conroy, I think one of the editors of
2: DC said that uh, Brian Hill is going to be doing like an eight page preview prologue of his outsiders run the starting December in this year's fall holiday special so I'm actually really excited about that because I I mean we'll get to it obviously today because we're talking about the last issue of Hill's run but I thought that his his run of detective comics is really good and he's just a really great interaction professional on Twitter and so getting a chance to sort of have something to tide the fans of, you know, Cassandra Cain and Katana and black lightning and signal Duke Thomas is, is really exciting. I think to have, because it's so long between uh, July and December for that series to start.
0: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Yes. And I, and I remember reading that comment too. And I think it was like, if you're interested in seeing what's to come in December, on the lookout because he's doing a story i think i think an eight page story with dexter soy who is the artist on the series which we'll get to in a minute but i think that's and it's focusing on some of the characters that are part of the outsiders i don't think it's like an outsider's team story but i think it's like some of the characters to get to get an idea but we'll we'll like i said we'll know more the halloween special is right around the corner because it comes out in a little over a month at this point, so we'll we'll see that, and we'll talk about that, and obviously the Halloween special we will review on the site as well, as alluded to on August twenty second, Batman and the Outsiders was officially announced for December. Now, interestingly enough, we will talk about Detective Comics in a little bit when we get to nine eighty seven, but the issue actually ended with them saying actually there was like a little note at the bottom that said can, you know the story's continuing very very soon. And the the question was, okay, well, how soon? Because we already had solicitations for September, October, November release before this, before 987. But then literally as soon as 987 released, the announcement came out and the issue is going to be hitting stores in December. So uh, Brian Edward Hill will be, uh, he will be taking the characters that he used in his detective comics story, specifically Batman, Black Lightning, Signal, Orphan, and Katana. At least those characters. There may be more later on. He specifically said, "All I'll say is it is that it's a team book with Batman in it, but the safety is off. Hopefully, it will be surprising and thrilling in ways that I don't think people will quite expect." I've become known for a certain kind of intensity in my work, and I think this Outsiders project will also continue on in that pathway. The art for the cover, which was done by Tyler Kirkham, does not feature Barbara Gordon. So even though she was kind she wasn't actually didn't actually go on the mission but she was part of the story she does not appear to be part of the team whatsoever at least at this point dexter soy will be handling the art he is coming from red hood and the outlaws he was on red hood and the outlaws for almost two full years before he wrapped up and now obviously now we know where he's going he's going over to batman and the outsiders it's going to release in december no specific plot details have been announced but obviously once solicitations for december release later this month Will obviously know more about what is coming. So, Batman and the Outsiders. I I, I don't want to get into like full crazy spoiler details at this point about Detective Comics, but honestly, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that a Batman and Outsiders series was coming based off of what was happening. It was like the worst kept secret in comics that there was going to be a Batman and the Outsiders series, even though they weren't announcing it before that nine eighty seven released. So my thing is i'm glad it's happening i'm interested to see how it all takes place i enjoyed the batman and the outsiders run right before well it wasn't right before but during like r.i.p that you know very late pre-flashpoint version of batman and the outsiders i've read the classic batman and the outsiders and then it eventually turned into adventures of the outsiders the 90s outsiders not so much but uh i don't think anybody really likes that stuff but anyway, the point is, I'm, I'm glad to see this. It also gives a place for certain characters like Orphan and Signal, because let's be honest, there are a lot of characters out there who have popped up in the last couple of years and then they disappear. Not that all characters need to be on page at all times, but when you make a character very prominent or you bring a character who is a prominent character back, like Cassandra, Stephanie Brown, give more focus to Tim Drake, and then you just make them disappear and then they're nowhere to be seen. That really sucks. So I'm glad at least two of these characters that are part of the Bat family have a home going forward.
0: It seemed weird that they were getting Cassandra together with was it Leslie Tompkins and
1: And Barbara and,
0: and what's her name? Bluebird. Bluebird girl. And then that kind of fell
2: Barbara. apart. Rowe. Rowe. Well, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Chuck Dixon. 10-issue run from like 2007 to 2008 that featured Katana and Cassandra Kane and it also had like Catwoman for a couple issues, and Grace Choi, Thunder, oh man, who oh, Monomorpho, of course, although he's on the Terrifics now, I'm kind of bummed that he's not on the new Metamorpho is not on the new team, but I feel like there is continuity in this new team, even though we're missing some of the more famous members. And I think that they'll probably get added in as things like Terrifics end. I mean, I've already said, I'm, I'm really excited. I think this is, this is a really good move on DC. I just wish, you know, my favorite Stephanie Brown had a home right now.
1: Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see if the team grows or how quickly it grows. Part of the reason I feel, well, there's two things in the issue detective comics number 987. There was, there's, there's a lot of references In the in Hills Run on Detective Comics about Markovia, if you're familiar with the Outsiders, you know that there's two specific characters: one that has been part of Teen Titans, one that's been part of the Outsiders that uh, are from Markovia, specifically Geo Force and Terra. Uh, Those characters originate from Markovia. We know that at least by the closing epilogue of 987 that they're going to be dealing with something in Markovia so it's entirely possible that at least Geoforce could end up appearing there's obviously plenty of opportunities to expand the team if it is necessary I don't see Hill as the type of person who's going to be like you know what I can only do these characters and this is it obviously if there's conflicting situations where they can't use a character maybe he'll run into problems but I don't think a lot of the characters that are generally part of The Outsiders are not typically in other books, just putting that out there. And on top of that, there's other characters who could easily be put on The Outsiders just for the sake of having a place like Stefan and Tim Drake. So that being said, um, looking forward to this a lot. Also, I feel like The Outsiders book is... Even like, don't get me wrong. I think Hill's run on detective comics was great and I'm looking forward to outsiders, but I also feel like there is a distinct reason why we're getting an Outsiders series in December when potentially in January, we're going to be seeing young justice season three kicking off, which is going to be focusing heavily on the outsiders. So Mm -hmm. just putting that out there. All right. So that is actually all of the news that we have. There is no more news. DC all access has gone extinct more details on that. If you listen, if you are a Patreon supporter and you listen to our latest TBU raw about DC universe and the new DC daily, that all being said, listen there. If you want to hear it, otherwise there are plenty of articles about it over on the site. If you want more details on that, but DC all access is going defunct and they're transitioning to a show that's specifically for DC universe subscribers um, with headlines only going forward for free on the DC youtube page so don't expect any more dcl access stuff unless you are watching dc daily on the dc universe streaming service so that being said we're going to jump straight into our comic book reviews and the very first one we've got is batman number 53
2: batman number 53 cold days conclusion as the jury members file back into the room We hear Bruce talking to the jury member most critical of his attack on Batman, named Missy. He asks her about her cross necklace, and she says she's a believer with 20 years attending church. Bruce attempts to make an analogy, starting with his father, a Christian who took him to church, telling his son all the stories. Later, when his parents were murdered, Bruce put aside belief in God. He vaguely refers to his training, as the pages show that training, though the jury obviously doesn't know the truth that he's Batman. Bruce tells him that he returned to Gotham and found Batman, and images of his many, many fights cover the the page as we hear him talking to the jury. Missy, confused, asks if Bruce believes Batman is God. Bruce, defining God as infallible, responsible, the determiner of life and death, says that yes, he believed believed in the past tense, Batman was God. He asks the jury members who owes their life to Batman and everyone, including himself, raises their hands. Batman gave them life, so he must be God, sitting above the city, wearing a cape. But Bruce throws a wrench into the argument. He brings up the book of Job in the Bible, a righteous man caught between Satan and God, testing his faith. Angry, Job asked God why, and God answered, I created the mountains and the miracles, and you're questioning me? Who are you? Overwhelmed with emotion, Bruce sits silently for a while. Then he tells the jury members he was recently hurt and images of the heartbreaking loss of life with Catwoman appear. And when he lost his happiness, he waited for Batman to save him. And he's still waiting. Making his final appeal, Bruce says that Batman is good and tries with every fiber of his being to be right. But he's human and fails. The jury is given a godlike power of life and death over Mr. Freeze. And Bruce believes that should give them humility. That if the jury can be like God, then Batman, who they believe is also like God, could in fact be just a man in a bat suit. He ends by saying that Batman erred here and begs them to save him from his error. Over images of the jury filing out, Alfred and Bruce discuss the result, not guilty. Alfred reveals that Bruce bribed his way into the jury to prevent his error as Batman from corrupting justice for Mr. Freeze as best he could. He tells Alfred that he's going out, but in his old bat suit, to avoid memories of proposing to and then losing Catwoman. He says he's lost and needs to remember who he is. The issue ends with two verses from the book of Job. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head. He fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> all right, so Batman 53. So, the first thing I think we should talk about is kind of the way this all wrapped up, but there was a couple questions that we had in the very beginning that were conveniently answered, although I should say not I say conveniently, but that I shouldn't say that so snarkily because Tom King did tell everybody the questions were going to be answered before the end of the series, and I think we're just impatient people and we didn't want to wait. but he specifically, impatient? what are you talking about yeah <laughs> he, he specifically specifically talking about the fact that Batman or Bruce Wayne bribed himself on the jury that explains why he's on the jury in the first place. Um I don't think. Not bribed himself, but kind of like hacked into make sure that he was on the jury. And what do we think about that?
0: Makes sense. Gotham is corrupt. Everyone in government is corrupt. It makes sense.
1: I I like it a
2: lot because I was really frustrated with this idea that this was going to be a murder mystery and we were not going to get an answer to who murdered the women. And actually there's a possibility that this could, you know, carry forward as a as a mystery. Uh, you know someone like bane or someone could be responsible for the death of these women but um finding out that bruce bribed his way onto the jury indicates that we are supposed to believe that mr freeze didn't do it that bruce isn't trying to be like this impartial person trying to you know fix the legal system of gotham and make a fair case for mr freeze he he actually knows because he's batman and did more detective work that Mr. Freeze didn't do it. and so he's attempting to prevent the bias that he's created in the Gotham population from corrupting justice even further. So I thought that the the revelation was very satisfying for me. i was I was very pleased with that particular revelation.
1: I was too. I thought that you know, initially when we looked at like kind of like the flashbacks in the in the first issue of this story arc, uh, Batman you know, getting freeze, and how everything was set up in a way where Freeze is guilty, Freeze is guilty, Freeze is guilty. But then as like they show the flashbacks and show some of the the investigation and things, and then Bruce starts poking holes in some of the stuff, it became fairly obvious that Batman jumped to conclusions because of the entire situation that happened with the wedding not actually occurring. And him being angry because of that, and then just happened to be taking it out on Mr. Freeze because he was the most convenient person to... Feel his wrath at the time. So I like how this goes about taking, you know, Bruce Wayne goes about taking care of this in a different way. It's something he can't fix as Batman. Batman can't walk into the courthouse and say, you know what? I made a mistake because that just doesn't work. So it's nice to see that Bruce takes it upon himself to right a wrong that he made only because he was just too angry about, you know, his too angry about his personal situation that he was in. So I like to see that. Um, The other thing I want to talk about is the artwork because quite honestly, I think the artwork is something that definitely needs to be talked about. Um, It's freaking amazing. Definitely, definitely really good stuff. I really enjoyed the the coloring more than probably uh, not, not, not more than the art itself, but I think that the team of Lee Weeks and Elizabeth Breitweiser is a very good team and I think that they did an amazing job the colors were just phenomenal. Like specifically having the colors tone to certain emotions that are occurring, the conversations that are taking place, his monologue and things like that. It worked extremely well. And not to say, not to take anything away from some of the other colorists that have worked on the book, but I feel like Elizabeth Breitweiser should probably be on more books.
2: I mean, absolutely. There's a sophistication you see in the coloring um, that you don't see in a lot. And I'll be very interested to hear what you guys say next podcast because of the controversy on Batman 54s Four's coloring. Um, but I think that uh, there's just so many things, so many colorists these days tend to um, use sort of a gradient shifting where you have like one color and then it gets darker to indicate shading, but Brightweiser uses like blocks of color to create like, even more line work, and I think that that's just a really nice technique that you see. And and she doesn't do simple blocks; like they're very complex shapes to indicate the shading. But it doesn't have sort of a a fake three D rendering feeling that a lot of coloring does. There's also if you ever if you're familiar with her work from something like Ed Brubaker's Killer Be Killed, or I think she did Velvet. She's got a very muted sort of noir color palette, and DC mainstream stuff tends to be much more vivid. You know, the, the idea of the color pop. Um, and I really like this effect especially since Lee Weeks's pencils are so um I wouldn't say realistic because they're still very much you know in the cartoon uh, tradition but they're they're much more interested in realistic shapes of faces rather than the really exaggerated chins that you can see in the, the typical pictures of bruce wayne and so right. i think the muted color palette really emphasizes it. i think you're absolutely right i think that both lee weeks and Brightweiser should be on star books like this because they they really made this arc just so powerful i, I mean not to take away from tom king's writing at all it's, it's a beautifully written little arc a lot of emotional pain going on but I think that if, if we'd had maybe a more cartoony style or or even a, a more dramatic style, I think Lee Weeks is really subtle. And I think that the subtle, more muted colors just really made those moments of pain, especially like the ending scene where you have that quote from Job and you have Bruce saying he's lost. It's just so powerful because all three elements, the writing, the coloring and the lines all just work perfectly together.
0: I agree with all you guys. I don't, I don't know. You guys just. Paint a perfect picture with with how you describe what's going on. It's just it's all it's all true. Like yeah, the muted muted colors make the noir story really stand out. I kind of have the feeling of like I'm in a room full of halogen lights, and all the colors are just kind of messed up because of that. And and then just the mood that it creates throughout. And um, like you were saying on that last panel, the the it's not black and white. It's like an orange and black, and it kind of gives you the dirty steam. Yuck of Gotham, but with Batman in his old costume, just standing there looking scary again. I don't know. It looks, it's really awesome.
1: But that's true. Yeah, amazing art. Uh, I would actually be interested to see if Lee Weeks ends up getting added to the rotation. I know oh we man, I of, wish. I hope. I, I wish that. I wish that too. I, I don't know that it's going to happen just because I feel like.
2: Well, he tweeted that there's more DC work coming up. But it probably won't be for several months
1: yeah well we know for a fact that the next story arc is Tony Daniel yeah that takes us through 62 or 63 if I remember correctly and then Mikel really? Janin's he coming can't in he doing
2: all of, well I mean I guess he has been working for quite a while but that's a long or,
1: arc. well for maybe it's not known let me think let me think I, I I'm okay 54 is Matt Wagner 55 right. 56 57 58 so I think it's 50 through 58. Okay, so it's four, four issues. Gale. Yeah. And then Mikkel Janin's coming on, on at yeah. 59 and 60, and he typically does at least four to six issues at a time. Honestly, I could see him doing six just because of the amount of time he's had off. Yeah. Um, so... Who's to say after, you know, Tony Daniel has said on Twitter that he is on Batman for the foreseeable future. So it's not like this is his last arc and he's done. It's typically you hear about that before it actually happens. Mikkel Janin is literally the only person who's left from the original (laughs) group of artists that were on Batman because David Finch didn't last that long. Uh, In comparison, like a year and a half. In comparison, I don't think he – I think Mikhail Janin put out way more issues than he did in that time frame that he was on the book though.
2: Although I would argue that Janin's work, especially when you got to something like War of Jokes and Riddles, really suffered. Because if you look at the backgrounds, there's a lot of like fudge backgrounds or just yeah. blank space. And then you look at what he did in 48 and 49, the, the the Joker arc leading up to the wedding. Like his backgrounds were much more detailed and rich there. So I think that Tom King has really – try to to insert time for him to do better work. And I'm hoping that they add weeks because if you're doing a twice a month schedule, it really is better to have three teams rotating to give
1: everyone more time. Especially, especially when you have three to four issue story arcs, you know, like we, I feel like Tom King is going in a direction where he's going to be doing more of these shorter story arcs, two, three, four issues, rather than doing the long six to eight issues that we've seen in the past, because I think the shorter ones work better for him. And I I imagine he's realized that they work better for him, at least by fan exception and things like that. So I'm hoping that he sticks to these shorter ones, at least for the foreseeable future. You know, we've seen this leading up right to the wedding. We see see it after the wedding. We know what's going to be happening for you know, then uh, at least the next little while, but I'm hoping that they do do a shorter shorter stories and then they can have three artist teams. The thing is, I ultimately don't understand why they couldn't have three artist teams, quite honestly, because as long as they're producing the art, it's not like they're, just because they're paying three people, it's there's paying them the same price per page. You know, it's not like they're, you know, the one is, you know, somebody, you know, because there's three teams, it's actually more expensive for them to do, than than them to just do two teams because they're still producing the same amount of stuff one way or the other. So I don't know why you wouldn't. And honestly, Batman being one of the top selling books that DC has, if not the top book that DC has on a normal basis, it would make sense that the art is something that gets a lot of focus. And the shorter stories will help. Having three artist teams would help. If Lee Weeks isn't it, I mean, I I can't say I would would not be disappointed, but uh, I would definitely, I definitely think that three teams is the way to go on a book like this, especially when you have to do things like in the word jokes, and riddles, where you had the two random kite man stories inserted in just to give a break to Mikel Jan to make sure that he could finish up what he needed to do. So, okay. That being said, Batman number 53, I'm going to give a total of four out of five.
2: Hold on just a sec. You don't want to talk about the, the theological thing?
1: Not specifically. <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it.
2: Well, I it just blew up on Twitter the week that it came out and I actually I was really frustrated because you know, um I thought that this was a really sensitive look at religion and faith and God and it wasn't making a statement about you know, reality either way. It's not like saying one side is true and one side is false. It's saying that people believe this, this is how they relate to their idea of God and you know this is what happens when you're in such pain this is how you try and deal with that as a person who has beliefs and i just really got frustrated with people saying oh yay batman's an atheist or oh right. man batman's an atheist i hate it no it's just i think that just completely misses the point of this issue because it was so thoughtful and the responses were not thoughtful at all
1: and that's part it. of the reason that's part of the reason i didn't really want to talk about it because i don't want to give it any more attention than the idiots out there that have already done. And I say that because I'll I'll be quite honest. Okay. I did not read this as Bruce Wayne is an atheist. I never read it like that. Me and I don't know why so many people did or if it wasn't so many people did. And it's just that some certain websites out there not certain because there's a lot of websites who, po- who post articles about this. But literally, the, it didn't ha- for whatever reason, it didn't happen the day that Batman number 53 came out. It happened over the weekend, the weekend after Batman 53 came out, that suddenly all these websites started talking about how Bat- Bruce Wayne is an atheist. And, oh, Batman 53 confirms that Bruce Wayne is an atheist. Here's the thing. A lot of you know that we post news on the site. I have Google alerts for basically anything that has to do with Batman that pops up on the uh, you know on the interwebs and then Google sends me an alert saying here's new things. I was getting so frustrated seeing all these articles saying that because the thing is there's there's this thing called the trickle down effect as far as news media and you get like a couple big news websites that make random claims based off of some random interpretation that is their own personal interpretation, but not a group of people or a group of the fandoms reactions to something. And they tried to twist things into this twisted version of how can they get more clicks? And I mm-hmm. despise that. And you can tell that because we don't post a lot of that junk on the site because we don't post really any of that junk on the site because I find it to be garbage, absolute garbage. And I don't like the idea of like, giving notice to that kind of stuff. And that's part of the reason why I I didn't want to talk about it, but let's be honest here. Okay. I did not read it like that. I know you guys didn't read it like that. And I I find it annoying that, you know, there are, there are websites out there that tried to turn this into something that it wasn't. Um, Tom King came out on Twitter after that weekend and said, I understand that there's people who are reading it and saying that this is what's happening, but that's, that was never the intent of the issue. It was not about that. He is atheist or that, you know, that he doesn't believe in God. It's not about that. That's not why this issue exists. It's not to confirm or deny that he's an atheist. And the thing is, the fact that he has to go out on Twitter and actually say that because it gets so blown out of proportion is ex- ins- extremely annoying. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's part of the reason that part of being of the comics journalism, you know, of the internet sucks because of stuff like that, because there are, and it's not just this, this happens all the time with, with certain things. I mean, like honestly stuff like this, it's blown up a portion all the time and I'm just seeing it for Batman. I'm sure it's related to other DC characters, Marvel characters, other characters that are out there too. I'm sure it's happening all the time. It's just, it's really frustrating when websites decide to, create something when there's not something there just so that they can get some traffic. I I really despise that. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about it.
2: Well, I just wanted to bring it up because I I wanted to put out a counter voice because I feel like it really is a sensitive and thoughtful struggle. Like it's very much a struggle. Um, And I think that we can sort of help add to the conversation in a positive
1: way instead of just, you know, going for that sensationalism. It's true. It's true. I should have thought about that. So, Batman number fifty-three. I'm going to give four out of five. Same, four out of five.
0: I liked it a lot. Four and a half out of five.
1: Yeah. All right. And uh, Ian reviewed these also on the site, but I'm not going to give him double double ratings. Here. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, Batman number fifty-three is going to get a total of four out of five Batterings. Let's move into our next book, Detective Comics. Detective Comics number 987, written by Brian Edward Hill, art by Miguel Mendicona. The issue starts off with, at Wayne Enterprises in Gotham, security guard named Fred is taken hostage and his colleague Hank murdered by Karma's mercenaries. Karma tells them that he will pay $100,000 per head for Batman's sidekicks. In the Batcave, Batman shows Jefferson cast Duke and Katana, a holograph of... Martina Dementiavia, a Markovian weapons dealer who sold Karma his alien technology. He tells the four, Black Lightning, Katana, and Orphan, that he wants them to become a team which can douse threats like Dementia all over the globe. Alfred alerts the team of the situation at Wayne Enterprises. Duke says he can track karma even though he can't fight him. While Bruce vows that his employee Fred won't die tonight. Cass and Jefferson insist that they help, even though Batman says that he must face karma alone. The mercenaries get bored after 30 minutes and are about to slaughter Fred when Black Lightning and the team blast through the doors. Cass and Katana take down the Mercs hard. While Duke helps Fred up, Batman insists that Katana use non-lethal actions and then follows Duke's tracking of karma upstairs. Black Lightning tries to persuade Batman that he needs the team to take karma down, but Batman says he needs to prove that karma is wrong. that The sidekicks don't make him weaker. Jefferson responds by keeping the team back and telling Bruce he doesn't have to prove anything, just beat Karma. Katana tells Batman to overwhelm Karma's telepathy with things he will fear. As Batman faces off against Karma alone, he lures the villain deeper and deeper into his thoughts, then blasts all of his deepest, most traumatic memories at once. The death of his parents, the loss of Catwoman, Two-Face, Joker murdering Jason, Bane, Raz, and all of the above, and above all, the bats. Batman strikes the incapacitated Karma, ripping his helmet off and vowing to heal his mind so he can learn everything about Markovia. In Metropolis, Jefferson says goodbye to Bruce, agreeing to the leader of the new team or agreeing to be the leader of the new team, though his own city and school come first. Then he tells Bruce that what happened to his parents wasn't his fault. Bruce seems to ignore this gesture, telling Jefferson that the team is called the Outsiders. As Bruce drives off, Superman flies down, telling him that he should help Bruce, but definitely not become him. Marcovia Markovia, the villain, yells at Dementivia, who obliterates him with her laser eye, then tells a shadowy figure to activate Roderick so they can kill prey together. All right, so that's the end of the issue. So, um, obviously, Outsiders is now a team. We already talked about this with the news element. Basically, what I want to talk about is kind of how karma is, is subdued initially. The fact that Katana is brought in on the team because Bruce states that that she has a way to you know stop karma, and basically we didn't really see her, anything happen other than her say, you know, use things that you fear as as a reason to, you know, as a way to stop him, uh, things that he you know that Bruce fears as a way to overwhelm karma. I liked the things that were chosen. I think that some of the villains, although I think, were a little. A little over the top but it's just i don't know how many of those villains are actually scaring or frightening bruce but thoughts on karma being taken down the way he was
2: well i read it as he's not just seeing it that there's a certain amount of he's feeling the feelings that bruce feels with those images so he's well, feeling makes more sense yeah he's feeling the loss he's feeling i mean the cat there is definitely going to be part of his pain currently you know with the the wedding and so forth. Harvey was
0: a friend of his, right? Harvey was someone he was really, really close to and lost a friend. And you
2: know,
0: what's his name? Bainberg is back. What's the hug. I don't get the hug.
2: Oh, so I actually talked to Hill on Twitter and he said that that's actually supposed to be Bruce's mom and Bruce as a kid. Ah. Um, So I think he wants to try and fix that. The, the coloring issue for the trade, but you know, twice a month, things slip through the crack sometimes
0: that was a little weird i don't know i i guess i was looking forward to like the family getting back together or whatever and it seems like in every issue bruce is like no i have to do it alone and then he goes and he does it alone and it's like oh, isn't
2: it okay? Well, you I have love- so
0: many friends
2: <laughs> yeah i agree with you i i would have preferred if they could have worked together to beat karma but i did like the way that black lightning understands that it's it's not necessarily about bruce saying he has to do it alone it's that he has to regain confidence in himself i mean i I kind of feel like this arc could have used an extra arc. It feels like there's a lot of ideas going on that could have used a little more exploration, but they'd already locked down five issues, so they had to tie it all up a little more quickly. I'm
1: interested if, because you remember initially it was, it was supposed to launch at the beginning of June. And th- this is not related to the story aspect. I I, I kind of want to just talk about this for a second. So initially, this series it was solicited to launch the beginning of June. Five issues would have wrapped up the middle of August. If it wrapped up in the middle of August, the solicitations for November could have potentially had Batman and the Outsiders in it because it, the solicitations would have released after detective comics number 986 would have released so therefore it could have been solicited for November the fact that they added that like single one issue in which don't get me wrong it was a good single issue it was a good standalone issue uh, that happened in I think it was 984, 984 yeah 984 and that standalone st- story that dealt with Deacon Blackfire it was a good standalone issue, but they randomly placed that in. And I'm trying to figure out what was the reason behind doing that? Because by putting that issue in and pushing everything back one issue, it made it so that they couldn't even announce the Batman outsider series until after 987 came out, which means it can't come out till December. And I feel like there was some, I'm trying to realize I'm trying to think of like, what could have been the reasoning behind them pushing it back. I,
2: I know why they did it. Okay. Let's hear it. Mendonca was late on art.
1: But didn't he have a fill-in halfway or on uh, the third issue of the arc anyway?
2: He did. But the thing about Mendonca and Briones, who was the fill-in... So Mendonca did 983, 984, and Briones did the other two in the five-issue arc. But both Mendonca and Briones are some of DC's go-to fill-in artists. And if you look at the credits for various books, especially the the double shipping books like Justice League and Nightwing and and you'll see that these particular names will pop up a lot. So they're being shuffled from book to book and it takes a minimum of you know a month to draw one of these issues. So my guess is that the editor didn't give Mendonca enough lead time to get the first two issues out. And so they had to push the whole thing back because the Michael Morkai issue was uh, an inventory issue. It was an issue that was already mostly ready to go. So so they just slotted it in to give more time for the the new art.
1: And if those of you who are listening or are trying to figure out how Ian always knows the answers to these questions, Ian talks with the creators on Twitter all the time.
2: Yes, I, I do pester the creators on Twitter
1: they answer him and they give him answers and i wish i had the time to actually ask creators as many questions as ian does or get answers and things like that but fortunately, i do not
2: (laughs) well i mean you could argue that i should be
1: spending my time doing something else but if i did why would i write comic reviews it's true it's true and i don't want you to stop doing that so (laughs) so the the other thing i'm going to talk about is a real brief thing so we see superman show up at the very end of the issue obviously the way this story puts it uh jefferson is is based out of Metropolis as as shown in nine eighty three Superman shows up and says, you know don't you know be the you know be on the team, be the leader of the team, but don't become Batman. Do you really think Superman would do that? yeah, like I feel like Superman Superman has no problem saying you know stating his feelings when it comes to like Batman like if he disagrees with him, but I don't really feel like Superman would go behind Bruce and say, Hey, you know what, I know you're working with Bruce." But you really need to be careful not to turn into Bruce because really like he, he has this much – he has that much doubt in Black Lightning that he would actually become like Bruce Wayne or, well, Batman. Do you think it's
0: convenient foreshadowing?
1: <laughs> sure it is. I but ton, uh, of some of
2: that. I mean I haven't read a ton of Black Lightning. I've just read Black, Black Lightning Year One by Gen Men Meter and that's a great story by the way. Recommended. Um. But his backstory is really pretty dark. It's, it's very painful. So I think Superman sees that and he, he wants to give Black Lightning a feeling that there is support for him to stay the way he is. He doesn't have to become like Batman. There's also, it's not that Bruce would disagree. I mean, in, in Deathstroke recently, he said he doesn't, he really wants no one else to have to become Batman after him. His dream is to make himself unnecessary. So he doesn't want other Batman. He he wants the world to work so it, it doesn't need someone who's obsessed with justice like he is. I always so- thought of
0: Superman as the dad that no one's advice asked for. Anymore. The dad who no one's <laughs> advice you asked for, so there he is.
2: <laughs> yeah. so I like that's, a good, that's a
1: good comparison. <laughs> I could definitely see that too. He, he probably does put his nose in some things he probably shouldn't have. Or shouldn't I should say yeah I, I don't have a whole lot of other things you either one of you have anything you specifically want to talk about I mean like honestly like it was a good way to wrap up the story I didn't have any real issues Karma's not the most interesting villain I don't really care what happens to Karma in the future but honestly like it made like the way the character was used to set up bringing in like a character like Katana made sense the fact that they're using a character that's setting up like using orphan and signal. It works for the story, but I can't see this character being a character that's going to be like, oh, yes, especially now that, you know, he doesn't have his helmet, which is basically his entire self. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think he's clearly just an introductory person to, to bring the team together.
0: I was really disappointed that he ended up being a nobody that an out of character Batman created. But I guess when the story arc is this short, it doesn't make sense to make him a more involved and, and complicated character.
1: Who would you think also, he could be? Well, we didn't know. Like I remember the first two issues, though, we were talking or at least the first issue, I know that we were talking about, like, so who's really under here because he knows who that Batman is, Bruce Wayne. It's Alfred. And the thing <laughs> is, like, you know, who knows? I think that the idea that it could be, could have been somebody of substance and not just this person that had this helmet that can read minds and that's how he knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Like, the idea that it could have been somebody, I think that was really interesting. But I think Hill did a good job of like revealing right away, or at least early enough in the in the story arc, that it wasn't somebody of prominence that we would all recognize. It was just a you know a random character that he used for the story. I think he set it up in a way where it, it worked because then you don't have to worry about. You know, getting everybody's hopes up for like four issues, and then the fifth issue comes along, and you're like, really? It's just nobody? It's some scarred guy under a helmet? So, well, you want to avoid the hush problem where it's like, this is Bruce Wayne's friend who he's known since he was like three, and no one's ever heard of him before. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. So, that being said, I'm going to give this issue four out of five.
2: Yeah. What did I write this? Was it four out of five? Yep. Okay, I'll go with 4 out of 5 then. I
0: didn't love it quite as much. 3, 3.5 out of 5. I was a little disappointed that the family didn't, you know, kick butt. But I guess that's my expectations, not any shortcomings of the actual issue.
2: No, I, I mean, there was considerable discussion from fans of Signal. They were really bummed that he didn't have his uh, hero moment. That's true. So you're
1: not alone. All right, so that's going to give Detective Comics a total of... Four out of five Batarangs. That is all of our in depth reviews. Let's jump over the site for Greater Gotham. <music> So we have three weeks to cover. First up, August 15th, main TBU books. We already talked about Batman number 53, Batgirl number 25. A group of interwoven Batgirl tales are featured, including Barbara fighting bad guys, saving good guys, and taking some time for herself. This is by Jerry. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up.
2: Definitely a thumbs up. I think this is a real improvement over the last 24 issues. (laughs)
0: And they dealt more with the Batcat wedding than Batman did.
2: <laughs> I know, right? I, I actually so loved that. It was like really connected to what's going on. It made it feel like Babs is part of the family again. You're
1: good. Batwoman number eighteen in the series finale. Batwoman and Renee Montoya face off against Clock King and his killer robots. This was reviewed by Paul. He gave it three out of five. I'm gonna give this one a neutral.
0: Neutral.
2: Neutral.
1: Harley Quinn, number 48. As Harley heads back to New York, she faces her home being seized by developers. So she takes on jobs to pay her mortgage, one of which includes trying to kill Lord Deathman. This is by David. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
0: Thumbs
2: up. I'm giving it a thumbs up. These are really funny. Those are really.
0: I was wondering why she's got those comics, those Harley Quinn comics. It's like, well, why don't you just demand royalties and then you don't have to get a job?
2: true but whatever
1: well
2: i mean comics being worked for hire means that nobody ever sees money except the editors or something well not (laughs) even the editors i don't know who gets the money
1: all right secondary tbu books archie meets batman 66 number two robin and backer go undercover to riverdale high where while the bat villains escalate their plans bringing in a new ally in their quest to take over the town so by dan he gave it three out of five i'm gonna give this one a neutral
0: thumbs up it was an improvement from the previous issue so I liked it a lot better
2: <laughs> thumbs up I think this is a really fun mashup that they're it, doing here it
0: was
1: main DC universe books Justice League number six the legion of doom swing their killing blow but the Justice league turn the tables and fight and gain a fighting chance by Corbin he gave it three out of five and we give this one a neutral neutral
2: thumbs down anyone who knows me knows that I hate the current justice league
1: <laughs> I was being nice <laughs>
2: Secondary I have DC. no compunction of not being nice about Justice
1: League. <laughs> Secondary DC Universe books. Aquaman number 39 as the Sink Atlantis crossover between Suicide Squad continues. Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Killer Croc all appear in the issue. Injustice First Masters of the Universe number two. The Injustice versions of Batman, Damian Wayne, Batman, Bruce Wayne, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Red Hood, and Bane all appear in the issue. Pearl, number one, the, the 2000 story Citizen Wayne by Brian Michael Bennis is reprinted in the issue. Teen Titans Go, number 29, which includes digital chapters number 57 through 58. The Teen Titans Go versions of Robin appear in the issue. Moving over to August 22nd, we have main TV books where already talked about Detective Comics. Batman Beyond, number 23. Batman is joined by his brother Matt, the new Robin, as he faces off against the Scarecrow whose identity is revealed as the city continues to turn against Batman. This is by Paul. He gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs up. Abstain. Secondary TV books. Batman, Kings of Fear, number one. Batman captures Joker, which leads him to Arkham Asylum as chaos ensues. This is by Corbin. He gave a two out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down.
0: <gasps> Surprise. <laughs> thumbs down. Not oh, man.
1: I don't.
2: I want to say neutral trending towards thumbs up. Cause I guess I went in with such low expectations that I, they were exceeded and I enjoyed myself. Like, I definitely see why you guys didn't like it, but
1: I, I had a good time reading it. Yeah. Not, not here. <laughs> Mother Panic Gotham AD number six. It's Mother Panic Violet Page of the original timeline versus Jason Todd Gotham AD's Lord Robin in a fight where Gotham's future hangs in the balance and possibly Violet's soul. So by Bob, he gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
0: Thumbs up. I like that Jason finally got a good ending.
2: Uh, neutral? Because I was confused because I
1: haven't been keeping up as well as I'd like on this series.
0: Oh, I was keeping up and I'm still confused.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm glad it's not just me. Main DC Universe books, Teen Titans number 21, set on a mission to prevent crime from happening. The Teen Titans infiltrate Gizmo's toy store to lock him away. This is by Jessica. She gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs
2: up. Abstain.
1: Justice League Dark, number two, the team investigates why there is corruption with everything magical, which leads them to Dr. Fate. This is by Tony. He gave it four out of five. and Give this one a thumbs up.
0: He gives a thumbs up with a caveat that I still hate magic, but it was really good. I still like it.
1: Uh, I'm going to say neutral, but only
2: because I love the art. I'm not loving the story.
1: Suicide Squad, annual number one with Task Force X. Otherwise engaged in the Aquaman crossover story Sink Atlantis, Amanda Waller is forced to turn to an all-new group of leveraged bad guys to deal with a threat close to home. This is by Bob. He gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Neutral. Thumbs down.
0: <laughs> were they all new creations? No. no a bunch no, of them no. were like
2: pasts, like from random miniseries and they stuff. All,
1: all of them were all from somewhere else. They just...
0: Now they're not going anywhere. Yeah, not going
2: anywhere. <laughs> That's why I didn't like it. I, I understand it's Suicide Squad, but it's just, it felt needlessly gross. It was pretty gross.
1: No secondary T, uh, DC Universe books. Uh, moving over to August 29th, main TBU books, Backroll number 26. Batgirl chases the serial killer slash thief, grotesque, to try to stop his murderous rampage, but things go wrong even for a superhero as well. Prepared as Batgirl, so by Jerry, he gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up.
0: Thumbs up, but it was really gross.
2: Oh yeah, definitely thumbs up. I think this is a good direction for for Babs.
1: Agreed. Nightwing Annual Number One. Nightwing, Batgirl, and Vicky Vale try to unravel the mystery of Worm and the Dark Web, while a newcomer named Karna Shifton seizes control of the news. So by Adele, he gave it one and a half out of 5 And I'm going to give this Whoa. one a horrible, horrible, horrible thumbs down. Oh man! I'm
0: so glad I forgot to read this one. <laughs> I
2: uh, I mean, I'm gonna say thumbs up. I'm still enjoying wow. this
1: movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, wow. <laughs> I,
2: I I'm know. not. I
1: just, I'm not liking this dark web story. I think the problem is that, like, it's. I think I've gotten lost in the idea that, like, I I like the idea of future tech stuff, but when the issue spends so much time, like explaining it, I don't like that aspect of it. And not, not that, that that happened here. I had more problems with the whole Vicki Vale flirting situation that <laughs> was occurring. But, yeah.
0: And it's going on for far too long. Every issue, I'm like, oh gosh, is this still the yeah. thing?
2: Oh
1: gosh. I don't know. I'm Although just... I've heard I... some horrible rumors of what's to come. <laughs>
2: oh, no. oh the, uh, the one-eyed or one-legged Nightwing?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. They're talking about... There's a new rumor that just popped up over the weekend saying that so in Batman... There's an issue of Batman that Nightwing is going to get injured and the issue of Nightwing number 50, which comes out later this month, I believe, is has there's a cover that just released where he somehow has a thing like a scar on the back of his head. Like he has like a he got his head shaved and he has Mm -hmm. a scar on his head. And there is a rumor out there that Nightwing, the new direction for Nightwing, is that he's going to lose his memories.
2: <gasps> oh, man, that would be so oh, stupid.
1: Really stupid.
2: Oh, man, that would that would be terrible. I would be really against that. Yeah.
0: That is kind of heavily hinted at, though, like, oh, all these memories are in my head. Oh. That would be
2: true. I mean, it would be the perfect thing for all the I mean, they've been really heavily pushing bats and dicks are reconnecting in both Batgirl and Nightwing. And then there'd be that'd be really tragic, and I would I would probably drop the book. I Here's think, the thing: like, if
1: he loses his memory, why would he still be Nightwing? Or Batman, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it doesn't make any he just sense. Lost the last five years? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, now, if that's really true, think. I'm definitely I'm definitely probably gonna drop the book, and definitely probably. I can't say for sure, <laughs> but the idea would make me drop the book. But if it were executed really well, I might keep going. But, I mean, I really love the the relationship between Nick and Babs as Percy's mm-hmm. been writing them. So that's, that's, that's really why I've been enjoying it. I mean, I'm, like, I don't really care either way about the tech plot. I, I agree it's not the most interesting, but it's also not the least interesting. We've, this Nightwing run since Rebirth has been really up and down. There's been a lot of, like, fill-in and a lot of strange arcs that I'm just, like, I don't really care one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I just like the fact that we're building a status quo with his relationship with Bruce and, and Babs that I, I enjoy reading about.
1: Until he loses his memories.
2: <laughs> Until he loses his
1: <laughs> back girl, back Number two, Back investigates a crime that has a familiar pattern that sends her to Blackgate prison to see her brother, the serial killer. This is by Jerry. You give it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. The, the direction that Batgirl is going is exactly where I want it to go. I'm happy with what you know the new direction that 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 series is going with Margaret. Back uh, in Scott, yes, back in Gotham, and actually in you know interacting with her father and things like that. So
2: and her brother, like this, this had a lot of really strong call outs to uh, Black Mirror, which is, in my opinion, still the best thing Scott Snyder's ever written. Agreed.
0: I was, was going to ask because I kind of didn't. Read too much, you know. In the fifty-two, is this more of a Scott Snyder James Jr. or is this a Gail yes, Simone James? Yes,
1: this, Jr.? this. this uh, is Scott uh, Snyder. Yeah, this is Scott Snyder's. Oh, yeah. All right, Red Hood and the Outlaws, angle number two. Arsenal and Red Hood are reunited for a short mission. This <laughs> by Jessica, she gave it. She gave it three and a half out of five. I'm gonna give this one a neutral. Uh, upstate. Oh, it
2: was a decent issue, but I mean. I know everyone's heard the rumors about heroes and crisis and Roy, right?
1: Yeah, I've heard those. Yeah, Aww. this
2: just feels like it's really telegraphing those rumors. So, <laughs> um, I'll say neutral. It was it was fine.
1: Secondary TV books: Catwoman, Tweety, and Sylvester Special Number One. Catwoman and Black Canary find themselves caught in a death match between cats and birds, precipitated by the arrival of two very loony creatures. This is by Ian. You gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up.
2: Thumbs up. It's great. It was great. great.
1: I, was, I I like this one more. I ended up reading. I read all four of them, um, including the Porky Pig one that we didn't review oh. on the site. Oh. I, I didn't like the Porky Pig one. That one was terrible. It was so boring and unpleasant. Like, I didn't understand, like, the outcome of that story. I mean, I understood what was going on, but I just, like, really? That, that's the whole point of reading this is just... That? Okay, cool. <laughs> Lex um, screws everyone
2: over. Wall.
1: Yeah. Harley Quinn Gossamer special number one. Harley Quinn meets Gossamer from the Looney Tunes universe character as he washes up on Coney Island after a hurricane. This is by David. He gave it four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up too.
0: Oh my gosh. I, cr- I had to stop reading it. I couldn't take it anymore. Thumbs down.
2: I'm actually gonna give thumbs down too, not because I thought it was necessarily badly written. I mean Connor and Palmyata are usually funny, but I just hated the art. I did yeah. not think it was very good.
1: I here's the thing. I love the Catwoman one a lot. I thought it worked perfectly, the story made perfect sense. Harley Quinn, because the character is already so zany I, zany, I felt like the Gossamer thing, it just worked. And it made and and it and it just made – not made sense, but like it just works. I mean I, I agree that it works. works. I just, There's nothing wrong with it. Comics are a visual medium and I thought the arc was bad.
0: So maybe that's just my problem because I like banter more and the guy didn't say anything. So I was like eh. Well, he doesn't yeah. talk. That's- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't my favorite.
1: The last one, however, the Joker Daffy Duck special number one, the Clown Prince of Crime meets Daffy Duck in this other DC Looney Tunes crossover. This one I absolutely hated. Thumbs down.
0: I ran out of time. Abstain.
1: I'm thumbs downing.
2: It's perfectly competent, but like, if you're gonna do Joker Looney Tunes, I really think you need to be lighter than this. And this this is Scott Lobdell trying to do his Joker who murdered Jason Todd. It's just like. That's too dark for a Looney Tunes crossover. Is like,
0: Daffy okay at the end?
2: Yeah, he's fine, but like, it's just it's just tonal clash. That I just I don't well, think it was the, well judged.
1: The biggest problem I had with this, and let me let me put this out there, okay? So, like, out of the Looney Tune characters, Daffy Duck is by far my favorite character. So I was I went into this with really high hopes. I say that knowing that these crossovers sometimes are complete <laughs> hit or miss. Honestly, I mean, like, they legitimately are hit or miss for mm-hmm. me. There's like no neutrals when it comes to these things. They either suck or they're really good. Um, And I was extremely surprised by the Catwoman one because Gail Simone wrote it and I was not thinking it was going to be as good as it was. The Joker Daffy Duck special, the thing is like it just felt so contrived, like the entire idea of like, okay, Daffy's here. He's a real, you know, he's a realistic humanoid duck that is going to be you know he has this ridiculous reason of going to the warehouse to meet up and then joker finds him and threatens to kill him and he goes oh i'm actually here to become a henchman it is the most ridiculous like link between these characters and then the worst part was so all of these looney tune specials had like a backup in all of them and they were all like featuring the normal looney tune style animated style art and they were all they were all fairly good, but the Daffy Duck one again—it it, just—it was sucked. I don't understand like what the problem was with these issues or with this specific issue, because like I didn't like the Porky Pig Lex Luthor one, and I would still give it a thumbs down. But I really, really did not like the Daffy Duck one. Really did not like it. So, yeah.
0: Did we ever find out which one that um, Tom King wrote when he tweeted whatever?
1: I don't. I don't know. It was
0: Taz, the Taz, of mean devil one.
1: But we. Ne- but there wasn't one. So like, you <laughs> must be writing something for like way out. Make sure future? he's not just trolling. Tom King he does like was, to troll. He, he probably was trolling. Uh there was no DC main DC Universe books, secondary DC Universe books, The Silencer Annual Number no. One, Batman, The League of Assassins, Tyle Ghoul, and Gotham City all appear or are mentioned in the issue. And then finally, TBU trades and hardcovers over the past three weeks include Batman the Cape Crusader, Volume One, Trade Paperback, Harley Quinn, Volume 6, Angry Bird Trade Paperback, Tales of the Batman, Jerry Conway, Volume 2, Hardcover, Batman the Signal Trade Paperback, Infinite Crisis Unwrapped Hardcover. Batman Arkham Penguin trade paperback Batman the Brave and the Bold the Bronze Age Omnibus volume 2 hardcover Batman a lot of little Gotham trade paperback Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica hardcover says so everything that released in the past 3 weeks if we gave a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a neutral rating to any of those, then you know that there is a full review over on the site. So be sure to check those out. And uh, hey, why don't you do the comic reviewers a favor and leave a comment if you're actually review or if you're actually reading those reviews rather than spending your hard-earned cash uh, to buy the comic. If you're reading the synopses and you're appreciating the work that they're doing, leave a comment because they always appreciate seeing comments from people. And All if right. you read one of my reviews, I promise to respond. There you go. All right, so that being said, real quick, uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Captain DC, Ian. Who happens to be here. Robert, Anthony, Brian, Jay Dutton, Real No Deuces, and Donald, thank you all for supporting us at the $10 tier or higher. Thank you for everyone who is supporting us on Patreon. While you're listening to this, this episode is releasing on Friday, September 7th. So as you're listening to this, if you are a Patreon supporter, be sure to be checking out The Patreon page over on Patreon because the new poll for TBU Extra will have posted by then. Also, the sweepstakes winner for the first quarter that we've been doing this, will the the sweepstakes for the first prize package will get announced as well as the next prize package, which will fall into December. And uh, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but the December prize package is pretty freaking amazing. Um, there's some good stuff in it, um, stuff that I don't think a lot of people are expecting. But there is some good stuff. Uh, so if you are a Patreon supporter, you can you can get a even if you're not a Patreon supporter, and you're on the fence about being a Patreon supporter. Just remember that at the three dollar level, you get uh, you get two episodes of TBU Raw, which is a short form episode between myself and Ed, or in the future it might be myself and somebody else ranting or raving about something in the news, whether it be related to Batman or. The Bat Family or DC in general. If you're at the $10 level, you get not only the TBU Raw, but you also get two extra episodes of TBU Extra, which is the Comic Cast crew reviewing a extra book. One that we pick, and then one that you, the the Patreon supporters, pick. And then if you're at the $20 level, you can actually get raw, unedited versions of the Comic Cast potentially up to 6 days before they actually release to everybody else there's also merchandise that can be rewarded at different levels as well if you're at the $20 level you get a exclusive TBU shirt that's not available in our merch store and then you're at the $30 level for 3 months you get to choose a TBU merch item from our store and then we'll ship it to you after the 3rd month so that all being said support us on Patreon that's always greatly appreciated if you are unable to support us on Patreon Or you want to, or I, here's the thing. If you would like to support us outside of Patreon, you can make a donation through PayPal. The links are over on the site. Click show your support for TBU, which is at the top of the menu on the website. And it'll show you all the links to everything, including our merch store, which has new shirts for monkey watch. And it's all about the history, which is that phrase that Stella always used to give me crap about. So be sure to check out those new designs over at the merch store, as well as the TBU logo. And then obviously if you are unable to purchase anything, support us monetarily. We are always looking for new staff members to help review comics. Uh, We're always looking for people with unique skills like video editing, audio editing, graphic design, website creation, design, things like that. If you have any special skills like that, or you want to be interested in writing news stories or writing comic reviews, be sure to get in touch with me at tbu at thebamuniverse.net, and we will find a spot for you. That all being said, we're going to jump straight into our listener Q and A's.
2: Boy, did you get a wrong number. Leave your message at the sound of the shriek. No, please don't.
1: Ah! There's a couple of different ones. So I would normally make, I would not make, but I have Stephanie read these, but there is one, there is one person who left a bunch of comments. And I kind of wanted to split this up in a way that made sense, but also in a way that we can get through this larger comment because I don't want to take too much time with the one comment that is really, really long. So I'm going to read through it and then I'll stop where we need to stop. So This comes from Matt. He says, first-time commenter. I've been listening to your show for about two years now, making my way through all the back episodes. You finally got to Rebirth around 187, I think. Anyhow, I started listening to the newer episodes and I'm rereading the Rebirth issues along with your show. Thank you all so much for everything you do. I've been a loud supporter of Rebirth and Tom King's run of Batman. I even loved War of Jokes and Riddles. Seriously. But the wedding... The preludes, the cluster junk that it became left me so upset. The writing of the letters back and forth between Bat and Cat and blah, blah, blah. It really left me upset. I think the best issue of the whole wedding arc was the one that was done in DC Nation with the Joker waiting for his invitation. I loved it. So on topic, after three issues that deal with the jury, I'm ready to snap. At least in the second issue, he was almost trying to be a detective. What I fear slash might enjoy depends on how they do it is if Batman is putting his morals and ethics aside to be able to talk to Freeze since he too he too lost someone he loved. And that is the only reason I can see them running into Freeze after the wedding, blah. Also, please tell me what you think of the new red hood outfit. I hate, hate it, hate it, hate it. He looks like a poor man's Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Plus, in those ridiculous character design pieces they put at the end of every book, the artist called the crowbar on his back a tire iron and thought it would be a fun, nostalgic way for him to have a tire iron. It's not even a tire iron. It's a freaking crowbar, the same kind Joker used to kill him within the first place. As much as I hated Jason Todd growing up, I'm old enough to feel like me and my friends were somewhat responsible for his death. That always bothered me. So when he came back, I felt like I dodged the guilt bullet. I always, I was unhappy with the new 52 run, but the rebirth red hood run has been amazing. The last issue knocked me out. I don't know what the hell happened, but I really don't want another red hood and arsenal book. I really, really don't keep up the great work. Also, I think it was episode 75 when Dustin said Batman would never have a crossover with teenage mutant Ninja turtles. I cried laughing. Brilliant. Okay. So two comments here. Uh, I don't want to get into the Tom King stuff. I appreciate your comments, but I, I honestly feel like we have talked about that stuff so much. I will say the jury story that we just talked about, I actually enjoyed it. I, I the thing is, it's not exactly the way Matt laid it out, you know, how it would all wrap up, but I think it still works. It had nothing really to do with freeze other than Batman, you know, took freeze into custody and he was actually innocent but at the same time, I completely appreciate what Tom King did with that story. The way it was, at least the first two issues were actually extremely modeled off of 12 Angry Men, which I've said before, if you haven't seen it, rent it. It's a good movie, especially if you like actual classic cinema and things like that. Watch that movie because it's really good. But I appreciated that story. I can, I can understand the frustration of immediately going into this jury story because it is Really, I mean, it's immediately after the wedding doesn't happen and there's like little to no reaction to the wedding not happening, which I know is frustrated a lot of people back when issue 51 came out. So that being said, I'm actually happy with the way it turned out. Sure, I would love to see more of Batman reacting to the wedding not happening. But in some ways, this kind of explains, at least with number 53, kind of explains why it is the way it is and why this is happening is because... He was angry when all of this happened or when the wedding didn't actually happen. And in turn, he did something that caused himself to make a mistake and he's he regrets that and he's trying to fix it. So I like the way it worked out, but I can understand the frustration of getting into that story without seeing the reaction from Bruce Wayne after the wedding didn't occur.
0: I agree. I mean, I agree. Like it's it's life goes on. I mean, he, and he's Batman, like the next night's going to come and he's going to still have to fight. And like you said, you know, he let his emotions get the best of him. And this, this en- ended up being a wedding fallout story, even if it wasn't too obvious at first.
2: I think there's also a thing that I always say when I talk about Tom King's run, which is that so much of a Tom King story depends on the ending it's all about recontextualizing things with new information. You see it in Omega man, you see it in Sheriff of Babylon, you see it in um, vision. And um, I think even with number 50, he recontextualizes all the 49 issues that went before with the revelations about who's been working with Bane and the fact that Bane's been the villain the whole time. I think that, there is a, an element to it where it is, as Steph says, life goes on. We got to get back to Batman comics. It can't always be wedding all the time. But I think we're going to find something out with issue 100, which will put issue 51 in a brand new light. And i I found 51 through 53 very satisfying, as we've already talked about. But I think that it will be an important stepping stone to this huge story that he's building towards and it's really hard to judge completely until we get to there
1: mm-hmm. which is something i feel like we've said multiple times in the past with scott snyder's writing not specifically <laughs> youtube but like the comic cast uh, as a whole i feel like we've said that multiple times where you can't judge the entire story until it's done you know ed if ed was here he would sit he would say that you know, Scott Snyder's stories always read better collected than mm-hmm. they do individually. I don't disagree with that. I completely agree with it uh, because in some cases there's not a lot that – or th- there is a lot that could happen in it, in an issue. But collectively it's it just flows way much better. Um, and that's just, that's just how they write. And honestly, Tom King is the exact same way. And we've said this before too on the comic cast. Tom King writes better short stuff but it reads better when it's as a whole i mean honestly if you look at some of the controversies that have surrounded his run the wonder woman story with bruce uh, and them going back in time like that read so much better if you read both issues together than if you read the single issue and then were like what and got super mad because you thought bruce wayne was cheating on selena i mean like honestly it's you have to read both issues to really appreciate what's going on you can't and the problem is that it's just what happens. I mean, like these guys who they're used to writing large, longer stories, they're telling a long story. It just can, it's just inconvenient for us as fans who are looking at the issues once or twice per month. So mm-hmm. that's the problem. Um, OK, so the other thing we want to talk about, uh, Jason Todd. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily have a problem with the new Jason Todd thing. Uh, I do have a problem with them calling the crowbar a tire iron because it's not it's not. It's a crowbar, but I don't necessarily. I'm not as I'm not as opposed to this costume change. Quite honestly, I feel like the actual like helmet, the one piece helmet that he wears is there's all kinds of issues with like I don't know. They've they've explained this before, but like any any character who has a helmet that goes over their entire head and you can't actually see their eyes or their mouth or their nose. I never understood how it actually works. I'm sure it's been explained multiple times, but quite honestly, a hood makes more sense for a character who's called red yes, hood. Bud. Like, honestly, it just makes more sense. Um, As far as the arsenal stuff, don't worry. It ain't going to last because the rumors out there, spoiler out there for anybody who's looking to read heroes and crisis there's a humongous rumor out there that uh, Roy Harper is going to be one of the characters who dies. Um, So there's that. So that being said, don't worry. I am also pretty sure that the annual was just wrapping up this red hood story with Arsenal and and it's just going to move into something completely different. I don't think Arsenal is going to be a mainstay in, Red Hood and the Outlaws. I think, honestly, Red Hood and the Outlaws is going to be more Red Hood than Red Hood and the Outlaws for the immediate future. Sure, there might be hints to where Bizarro and Artemis are, but I honestly believe we're not going to see a lot of other characters teaming with Red Hood for at least the next couple months.
0: Red Hood all by himself. That wouldn't make a very good title for a comic.
1: Well, yeah, because it would be called Red Hood, <laughs> not Red Hood all by himself. <laughs> well, are we still keeping the Red Hood the Outlaws title? Yeah, they are not changing it, even though. Oh and it's not Who like going to be on it, it. Then it's not as if there isn't like some sort of um, precedent out there that could that could allow it to change because they had uh, new Superman turn into new Superman of the and the Justice League of China after like issue thirteen or something like that. So there's no reason they couldn't change the title without having to renumber it, but I digress. (laughs) DC editorial. Can you please hire one of us? (laughs) Yes, please. All right. Matt also has another comment, but before I get to that, uh, Don sent in a comment that said, I love listening to the, to the Dustin and Josh combo. And there was some great points brought up in the comic reviews. Like if a jury bias is cause for rejection and of a juror, everyone in Gotham would be compromised as the entire city has been saved by Batman hundreds of times. I never thought of that. Excellent point. Obviously, if you listened to the last episode, Ed wasn't here last episode, but it was uh, but but Josh Bertoni actually filled in and he was, he was here. So uh, next time, uh, next comment. The la- the other comment from Matt says, Hey guys, just wanted to let Dustin know that I went to a pretty big LCS and they were out of the Jones cover for King of Fear. I asked them to order it, and uh, DC is sold out. Awesome. The paper in the book is great. I don't love the variant cover, but whatever. Uh, I'll just say this Kings of Fear. I, I read it, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not <laughs> something I didn't read, it still sucked. I just say that. Oh, so harsh.
0: It's, Why do they let them keep their costumes when they're in the hospital?
1: Oh, oh come, come on. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's like a staple of something that Kelly <laughs> is Jones is known for. And that's the <laughs> thing that's so freaking annoying.
2: Of <sighs> that would be I'll never get caught in traffic.
1: Also, the stack of for last week's Catwoman was huge. That's a really bad sign. I'm guessing the orders for the issue three will be awful. That bums me out because I love Joel Jones so much. On a side note, do you think that this old, evil old woman that Catwoman is dealing with now is related to Holly Robinson? I don't know about enough about Holly's past, but it would tie things together nicely. Here's my thought. The answer is no. There's no way. <laughs> and specifically because Joel Jones has said that she created this character because Catwoman didn't have there was no female villains or female characters within the DC universe that could interact with Catwoman the way she wanted. I'm adding that last part, but she literally said there was no female characters. And that really upset me when she said that at San Diego, but I will say this, if it did tie somehow great, but I don't see Joel Jones as a character who's looking at the history of the character and saying, Hey, you know what? I really think it's all about the history. So, (laughs) I should buy Joel Jones, one of our new It's All About the History t-shirts.
0: Wouldn't the villain be, like, you know, Mexican? Isn't she in Mexico right now? And Holly Robinson's not Mexican. So, I don't know. That doesn't make any
1: sense. That doesn't mean they can't be tied together. (laughs) Not that I – like I said, it's not happening. But it's not that it couldn't. Um, In my last message, I said I was pissed about the ending of Red Hood. I just read the annual and have to say how wrong I was. The relationship with him and Arsenal was great. I think Lobdell just left a bad taste in my mouth with the New 52. But since Rebirth, he has been on fire. I just hope he can keep it up. I also picked up the Nightwing annual. I fell off Nightwing about a year ago and haven't been interested. But I thought i grabbed the annual anyway. What boring crap. I think if I read the series more, it would make sense. But I just don't care. Plus, the artwork is so abysmal. Sigh. I'll say this. I like Otto Schmidt. He did the art for the Nightwing annual. I like Otto Schmidt. I feel like he was rushed in this issue because it just wasn't up to his normal standards. That being said, the issue was sucked. Um, I do
2: think that Otto Schmidt was rushed. I would agree. And I liked the issue. uh,
1: What do you all think about the new Batgirl outfit coming next month? It's better than what we are than what we are doing to Jason, I guess. Well, you, you just heard me say what I think about Jason's costume. I like it. The backer off it. I have no problems with, I'm not exactly sure. I like the idea of the the backpack thing, but
2: I hope that they use the backpack. Like if they're going to make that an element of the costume, it's gotta be
1: functional. It'll be interesting to see if it actually is part of the costume, because let's be honest, the design is there, but that doesn't mean the artist, which I believe is Paul Pulitzer, he does not have to necessarily follow the design precisely. Right. right. He could take that part out if there was backlash initially when they revealed it back in July. So I'm not saying – like, here's the thing. I like the outfit. I just don't like the backpack. I think the the outfit screams classic Batgirl, Batgirl year one – I mean, it's very, very reminiscent of the of Year One, which is the intent that Sean Murphy did when he designed it. No problems there. I just the Year One is great. Yeah, it, it, I just the the backpack is the thing that just doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, um, I've been wanting to say this for a while. That Detective Comics has been one of my favorite titles for some time now. But with the fall of the Batman and now the Karma Outsiders arc, I don't really know what the title will have. But I hope and what I've been hoping for a long time is a Gordon Bullock, et cetera, detective series. I want Batman in it, too, but played from their point of view so that we only see him in the shadows and not know what he's thinking. It would be a great if Detective and Batman could build their stories together. So when Batman is destroying the city, we have the book that goes to Gordon's side of it as well. Agreed to a, to a point. The thing is this. I, I think... A series that looks from the point of view of Gordon and Harvey Bullock would be amazing or the police department. But there's they, a book Gotham out there. Yeah, there's already a book, Gotham Central out there, who that did that. And it was great, but it just didn't work long term because the problem is it just didn't work long term. Uh it's an amazing series. I highly suggest it if you haven't read it. Also If you, uh, there during the new 52, when, when James Gordon was Batman or during the super heavy storyline, the detective stuff did tie in perfectly to what, not perfectly, I shouldn't say perfectly, but it tied into what was going on in Batman. James Gordon was Batman in that book too. He dealt with more of the police in those issues than he did in the Batman solo series. That being said, not opposed to something like this, I just don't know if it would sell really well. And I say that because Detective Comics is not doesn't sell nearly as many copies as Batman just because it's called Detective Comics, and that's honestly the truth. Not that Tom King's not doing a bad job, but Batman notoriously is the one that sells more because it's the name Batman on the title. If you had a book that was called Wolverine compared to a book that was called X-Men, generally Wolverine sells better too. It's just how, how the comics market works, even though detective comics clearly deals with Batman. Most of the time there has obviously been stories that have focused on other characters besides Batman, like the Batwoman storyline before the new 52. That all being said, not opposed to a story like this. I guess the only thing I have is I just don't see DC pulling the trigger on it. I could see them doing like a mini series, which they have also done in the past. They've done Gordon's law, Gordon of Gotham, which is like from the other perspective of, you know, from the perspective of James Gordon rather than Batman. Um, So there's those stories, but I just don't see DC pulling the trigger on something like that.
2: I think it's really weird because I don't understand why DC didn't have a better plan going forward with with James Tynan leaving to go do Justice League. Although, well, well, this is my... Personal theory. I think that Tynan originally was going to do all the way to a thousand, and he was pulled off because he had to do so much. I mean, we know he's doing like five issues in October for Justice League Dark, and he's also co writing the Justice League title. Like every five issues, he's writing a full issue about the Legion of Doom. So, like, he's clearly just doing too much to do twice a month Detective Comics because that's a brutal schedule.
1: Um, He also said on Twitter that when he was offered Just League Dark, that was like his Holy Grail project that he always wanted to work on. So he didn't like he wanted to keep doing detective comics, but that was the Holy Grail and all this other stuff that he's doing, like the Just League and the, the Aquaman stuff and the Wonder Woman stuff that's all tying together or that he's involved in in some way in the next couple months. Like, I feel like that stuff is happening, but that's happening because Just League Dark is a single or it's a, you know, it's a monthly series, not a double ship book. And he has the ability to do, He he's on, he's in that mindset of doing two books. He's not like Scott Snyder, who is not, who has never done a double shipping book up until now. And even then he's still taking every fifth book off.
2: Yeah. And I think that because Tynan had that plan, DC editorial didn't have a solid replacement locked in, which is why we've seen, We're seeing four creative teams rotate in before Detective Comics 1,000, even though it's only uh, 19 issues, which is, I think, not a good sign. It's a sign of people without a plan. I've said it before in comments. I don't like Tomasi as a writer. I think he's a perfectly fine person. I just don't like him as a writer. I'm not excited about what he's going to do. But I think they should have just given him the book right after Hill finished his arc just to give stability.
1: I think they should have too. I think there's clearly there's clearly some problems with the way they planned everything out. And I we, I talked about it a little bit earlier when I was saying, you know, the the issue that came right before Brian Hills arc how they randomly threw an inventory issue in there. The fact that now James Robinson is going to be telling a story for 3 months without any sort of build up. It's just here. Here's some random six issue story arc that's popped in the middle of Detective Comics, and then uh, there just this past weekend, as you're listening to this, the, the last weekend at Fan Expo, Dan DeDio was there, and they were talking about some of the the creators that were going to be working on Detective Comics number one thousand. And they specifically said that even though they're not announcing, you know, a f- official solicitation for a while because it's not coming out to like March. That, you know, Scott Snyder, Tom King, they're going to have stories. It's going to be just like the Action Comics number 1000 issue. So at San Diego, when they announced that Peter Tomasi was going to be taking over Detective Comics and was going to lead into number 1000, he's coming on on like he's coming on on like 996 or oh, 90, nice. no, 992, I think it is. But he doesn't even have that many issues before 1000 comes. So like either he's going to only go to 1000 then we're going to have this massive 1000 issue, which might have a story by Peter Tomasi in it, probably will. But then like what happens after, do we get a completely new direction for detective comics? I mean, let's be clear, action comics, number 1000 set off a completely new direction for the Superman books. And I don't see that happening with everything that's going on in Batman leading up to Batman number 100, which is still going to be a ways away before, you know, by, you know, by that time. So, I'm curious to know what's going to happen after that. Like, Honestly, we know that Tomasi's leading up to it. We know how 1,000 is going to work. I just want to really know what's going to happen after that because if this whole point of like saying, well, Tomasi's coming on the book, Tomasi's coming on the book, Tomasi's coming on the book, but then they held him back for an additional six issues for James Robinson to basically have an inventory story, I don't understand what the point was. So, like, they better have some amazing thing after 1,000 because if they don't, I'm going to be extremely disappointed.
2: I don't think they're going to. I think it's just going to be more Tomasi and more power to him. I just, I'm not, I won't be there with him.
1: All right. so his final part of his comment says, also on an old cast, uh, he says he's at number 217. You asked how people found the site. When I heard about the New 52, I was furious. I didn't understand the mindset. So after banning comics from my life, I got bored. I wanted to hear what was going on with everything. I came right back before Rebirth and found your show a bit before that and been listening since episode number one. Anyway, you all rock. Thank you for doing the show. Well, thank you for listening, Matt. We greatly appreciate it. Um, Trust me when I say These long comments, even though they take us some time, they're great comments and they they create great things for us to talk about. So thank you very much. Um, That being said, if you have comments that you would like us to talk about on the next episode, questions, concerns, thoughts that you'd like to share with us, be sure to leave us your comments either on the website under the comments section. You can leave us comments on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, any of those places that you're finding the podcast or you have easy access to, just be sure to tag us in the question, and then we will be sure to set port your questions over to the site so that we can ask answer those questions on the next episode. That also being said, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we have to offer on the website. There's all kinds of new stuff. We have a new character spotlight. KG Beast is coming up in in the pages of Batman. So we have a new character spotlight for KG Beast. We also uh, have brought back, those of you who are time listeners, you might remember that we had a, as part of the Batman Universe specials, this was like four years ago. So some of you who are newer listeners might not know about this, but we have a feed called the Batman Universe specials. We don't release a ton of stuff on there, but we do release some stuff that just fits other places. We had a series called TBU Collected, which was us reviewing a complete story arc rather than individual issues. And we did a couple different episodes, but we're bringing TVU collected back, but in written form. So for some of the big trades that are re-releasing and things like that, we have reviews of story arcs. So the first one is up now this past Wednesday, Batman, the Court of Owls. Court of Owls Saga DC Essential Edition released. And we have a review of the Court of Owls. So if you are newer to comics or you are not familiar with some of the older stories and want to get familiar without having to pick them up beforehand, you can read our reviews of uh, TBU Collected. Take a look at those. One of the other ones, we've got Batman Hush coming out later in the month because there's a Batman Hush Unwrapped coming up. Those reviews will relate based on what's releasing with trades and hardcovers and things like that. So be sure to check out the site. In addition to that, we have news related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and of course the comics. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all these news and videos from the Batman universe. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. And as I've mentioned in the past, if you have not joined our discord, and if you don't know what discord is, and I, and I know I said this in a, in a previous episode, but I'm going to tell you again because we got more people that have joined and it's a good conversation that is constantly going on. Um, Discord is kind of like this generation's version of online forums, quite honestly. It's like a chat room, like forums, had a baby, and it's a Discord. So the, the idea is you go over there, you join. It's super easy to join And when you join, you basically create a username and then you can chat. And basically the vast majority of the TBU staff is over on there all the time. And they're chatting with fans and listeners and readers of the stuff that we produce. So uh, you can interact with the staff. You can interact with me as well because I'm there as well. I don't always... Respond right away, but I, I'm always checking it and, and keeping and seeing what's going on and things like that. If you download the Discord app on your phone, anytime there's a new story that posts on the website, there's a bot that will automatically post it to Discord so you can find out exactly when there's a new uh, news story or article or review that's posted on the site. There's lots of different things you can do. So the idea is to interact with you guys, the fans, the listeners, the readers of the comic reviews the readers of our news and our articles and and our original content and things like that. So it gives you guys a chance to interact with us, get immediate conversation. And then obviously as things happen, new information comes out about something or rumors. We talk about that stuff over there as well. So that is a easy place for you to go. And I think I said this on the last episode, but I'm going to, I, maybe I didn't previously. If you go to our Twitter page, it's the pinned tweet, but by the time you're reading this or listening to this, I should say, if you head over to the site and go to the sidebar, I'm going to put up a spot right there next to the merch store link so that you can just have instant access to the discord so that way you can get in and find us easier. If you don't use Twitter or whatever, you just go to the site and there'll be a link. So that being said, I encourage you guys to do that. As as always, leave comments for the next episode, and we'll talk about those. Yeah, and then support us on Patreon if you are so inclined. With that, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Steph. And this is Ian. And you've been listening to the Batman's Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys in two weeks.